As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Before the episode begins, we just wanted to let you know about The Athletic's Black Friday deal. The Athletic's great writing is just a dollar a month for 12 months. Go to theathletic.com slash aboutthemcowboys to lock in our very best price of the year. Just a dollar a month for new subscribers. That's theathletic.com slash about them cowboys. Questions, David? Uh, can you just talk about the uh, number of big plays given up by the de- your defense today and also the, the big pass interference calls? Put all that together. Just too well, much. the big plays, I mean, that was obviously a part of their offense uh, approach. You know, has been particularly in number of situations. They're effective with it today. Uh, 28 penalties. I, I really, I mean, what, I don't know what the hell you want me to say. I mean, so right where you want, I'm all for it. The pass interference, but what, what could Anthony Brown have done differently? Uh, you know, without seeing the replay to get in specifics, you know, the, the comment by the official was he wasn't playing the ball. You know, I think he had help with KZ, so I can't tell you specifically. Uh, he told me the flag was strong because he wasn't playing the ball. You've lost three of your last four football games. Yeah. What have you told your football team after this? Uh, I love them. I'm proud of the way they fight. Um, you know, we talked about the officials last night in the meeting. Uh, just we, we, this is the history of how they officiate. Uh, we, we needed to do better in that area. We'll continue to work on it. Uh, obviously, we're going through a tough patch, so uh, we, have, we make no excuses. Uh, but I'm proud of them, and I'm, you know, the only thing we know how to do is work. So we'll get back at it tomorrow. The only thing else I got to say is, how about this, Cowboys? Yeah! How about them, Cowboys, indeed. Well, we just got done talking about, on our Apple Audio Plus feed and, and on The Athletic, about some of the best Cowboys Thanksgiving classics of the past. And looks like we might have another one on our hands here. This one doesn't go the Cowboys' way, though. They fall in overtime to the Raiders. Hope everyone had a great Thanksgiving out there. Not a great Thanksgiving for the Cowboys, and definitely not one for Anthony Brown. We will discuss all of that on this episode of About Them Cowboys. Welcome in. I'm Kent, producing and introducing the best of the best when it comes to all things Dallas Cowboys podcasting. First, we've got the the man, Saad Youssef, off Stars duty. We've got Kevin KT Turner, off of uh, radio duty and uh, sports and such duty, but make sure you set your DVRs for that. It's the CW, by the way, sportsandsuch.com. And Father John Mishota is at the game, at the Thanksgiving Classic, and there's so much to discuss, but I imagine we'll probably start 
in the overtime period, KT. Yeah, I mean, look, I don't know about you guys, but do you think a lot of Cowboys and Raiders fans are going to be tuning into the About Them Referees podcast? Because that was a four-hour <laughs> game, and that was a ref show, and that's the thing that jumps out. Yeah. And I know Cowboys fans might be a little angry about some of the things that happened, but the point is there were a ton of penalties, 276 yards of penalties, uh, some that went both ways, some that felt like they were aimed at the Cowboys. I don't like having a lot of those conversations, but man, I know my social media feed was just loaded with good Lord. The refs were horrible, but you know, that game comes down to the Cowboys getting the ball first, uh, a, a decision by Tony Pollard that you could easily write off as well. You already took a kick back for a touchdown, but he brought it out and you had the illegal block in the back and the Cowboys kind of pinned themselves into a hole, you know, starting that drive at the six yard line. And uh, just couldn't convert for a first down. And in the end, that's kind of, you know, what 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 cost you the game. Not scoring when you win the toss in overtime. Usually, if you don't score that first time, then you lose. So, John, you're there live at AT&T Stadium. I'd like to get your thoughts on everything that kind of went down late in the game. Uh, yeah, well, real quick, before I get to that, though, the most surprising play of the entire game was the 100-yard touchdown returned by Tony Pollard. Yeah. But not because of the touchdown it's the fact that he returned it and they didn't get flagged for anything on it. Like the way that this whole game went to have a kickoff return for a touchdown that still blows me away that there was not a single flag thrown on that play. With that being said, both these are two of the most penalized teams in the league coming in. So you knew that there was penalties were going to be a part of it. I just can't believe that the refs took it to the level that they did as Jerry Jones pointed out after the game, you know, this is next to the Super Bowl. This is going to be the most watched game. Whatever is in the three thirty slot, which is almost always the Cowboys on Thanksgiving is going to be one of the most watched games in the NFL that year. And so I don't think that any fan really tunes in to see a bunch of penalties, you know, uh, I'm sure Raiders fans don't mind, but how many how many just Raiders fans are watching that game? It's just football fans and, and sports fans in general. So that's not great. But with all that being said, I don't think that that's why the Cowboys lost the game. Like, did I think the deciding play in the end was that last Anthony Brown pass interference? Sure. But with all of that being said, I, I also am not one of these people that think that the season's going in this awful, you know, disaster area where they're not the team that, you know, we thought they were, I, I really do believe when you get CD lamb and, and Amari Cooper and Randy Gregory and DeMarcus Lawrence back, this is a different team. But with all that being said, they're still a better team than this Raiders team. This is a Raiders team that before today did not win a game since the Henry Ruggs accident. Uh, this, this is an offense with Las Vegas that hasn't looked the same since John Gruden got fired or resigned. However you want to categorize that, uh, this is, this is a Raiders team that lost Darren Waller during the game and didn't have him for the entire second half. He is their Amari Cooper, C.D. Lamb. And the Raiders just aren't playing well. So, Andrew at home, and you had the momentum on your side after you answered back, and when you, when you, when you went to overtime, like, uh, this is a game the Cowboys still should have won, even without those players, you know, playing, without C.D., without Amari. Uh, and the offense was just too stagnant. And, and, and then on top of that, I, I don't love the idea of, starting off the game on the first few series, kind of playing musical chairs on the offensive line. That doesn't make a ton of sense to me. Like, like, aren't you trying to go into the game with the continuity of, of one group and then rotating them out? I, I think that kind of contributed to a slow start. So, I mean, there's a lot of things here uh, to be critical of, um, but in the end, they are still getting those players back. So yeah, be upset about it. Uh, be disappointed that, you know, they've lost four games this year. Um, 
but at the same time, I don't think it changes any of the goals or, or the expectations of what this team can be. But um, yeah, overall, the refs made this an ugly one to watch, but I, I'm not I'm not putting this loss all on the refs. No, I, I don't put it all on the refs either, but I do think that Derek Carr, one thing that stood out to me was I was impressed with the way that he played. He identified the fact that they're going to call this close, and he went after guys that he put balls in position to where if it wasn't going to be a completion, it was probably going to be a penalty. Once he saw that's the way the game was being called, that's the way he played it. And I mean, there were there were some plays where it was surprising. There was that Anthony Brown play in the end zone that I thought was going to get flagged, but didn't. And like you know, so you so you, I thought Derek Carr played that well. I just think there was a lot of missed opportunities and just overall sloppy football. Like like John said, like take the refs out of it. You think about like you know for the Cowboys, Dalton Schultz with that big drop that he had um, that would have been a first down. You think about even on uh, on the Raiders side, the running back coming out and running like a wheel route that he he'd still be running. That was a drop. Zay Jones tripping uh, right before the first down. Like it was just a sloppy and a football game, I think, and just a lot of missed opportunities. And that was that's even before you consider uh, you know all the laundry that was on the field. One quick thing I wanted to add to what Saad just said there too. Uh, completely agree with that on the Derek Carr thing. Dak even said after the game that he, looking back on it, he probably should have taken more shots down the field with the way they were calling the game. Uh, one, two, uh, to your point, side, yeah, and those deep shots were generally targeted at Anthony Brown. There weren't many of them uh, where he even looked in Trayvon Diggs' direction. So that was obviously smart on his part, too. So, yeah, he definitely deserves credit. Yeah. Well, so I know one thing that – so 14 penalties for both teams, right? Uh, the, the difference is the Cowboys – Penalties ended up being 166 yards worth of penalties and a lot of key ones. The Anthony Brown stuff definitely stands out, including that one in overtime. You know, we also have a head coach who's talked about coaching penalties. And I think there's a couple things to be said right there. There were a couple of times it was very clear. I think it was a third and 12 uh, late in regulation where Derek Carr just threw it up deep into the, I think, you know, like, and it was knocked down and uh, broken up and it was basically a punt. It's either an interception or it's going to be a PI or a miracle play. And Dak commenting on that, like you said, well, he said, I, I should have after the game, I should have taken more shots downfield, but you know, we've had a head coach that's talked about coaching penalties and things like that. So you'd want to see them adjust. It is a thing that should go without being said, that the NFL should have talks with their referee crews about these nationally televised games where you are the only game on on the league. Sunday night, Monday night, Thursday night, Thanksgiving. Have talks with this. Do not make it a ref show. That's terrible. 28 penalties is ridiculous. That can't happen both ways. But to go back to everything that happened, I want to go back to the beginning. I've got major questions about what the hell they were doing on the offensive line. What? What? I don't know. So Terrence Steele is your starter. And then on series three, we're going to run Lyle Collins in there. And then we're going to run Connor Williams in there on the third series. And that sounds like a team who's openly telling you they don't know who their best five offensive linemen are. Yeah. And, and, and they're telling you that pretty late in the season too. You think that you'd have this figured out. And here's the other thing. Let's just add in one more thing, one more layer to that. You don't have, while you're doing that, you're doing it without your offensive line coach being there. Because Joe Philbin is in the COVID protocol, so Jeff Blasco, the assistant offensive line coach, handled the duties for this game. If anything, in a game like that, you think you would just stick with your your starting five. Like let's let's try and keep this as you know 
as simple as possible. Like everybody knows what they're doing. Let's not try and mess with anything right now. So that, that was stunning to me. I just, I didn't really get that, that whole decision to rotate the, any of those guys in, unless there's an injury. I, I'm, I'm fine with going with those five that start the game. That, that wasn't great. But then even on top of it, just like, there's just nothing in this running game right now. And, and I'm sure, you know, obviously the offensive line has a lot to do with that. Zeke not being hundred percent has a lot to do with it, but as, as much as, as they can do in the passing game, when they are healthy, this team still needs to be able to run the ball a lot better than they are. And that's probably, that's probably the most concerning thing uh, for me, big picture wise out of this game. Cause like I said, I see the passing game getting better when you get CD lamb and Amari Cooper, you just drop them in there. It's automatically going to be a better passing game. Now with Gallup back, uh, obviously Cedric Wilson and uh, you know, the plays that Dalton Schultz was able to make you feel good about that. It's, it's the running game. You know, it was interesting even in talking to Jerry after the game, he said the plan going in was 20 to 25 touches for Tony Pollard. And that was because they know that Ezekiel Elliott's dinged up, you know, and, and that's concerning because, okay, they get the longer week right now because now they don't play this Sunday. They don't play until the following Sunday against the saints, which in that game, they should have Amari back. They should have uh CD back. And, and it sounds like they're going to have DeMarcus Lawrence too. So, you know, that, that should be, that should be a much better uh, indication of what this team really is. But at the same time, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I think they're going to run the ball a lot better. No, yeah. I can't either. But yeah, but uh, you know, one thing, well, well, one thing I want to say just on that offensive line discussion is, uh, you know, Tyron Smith, had, like he had that one really, really bad play where he just, for some reason, looked at the defensive end and just turned inside yeah. and, and just, I, I, I don't know what was happening there. Maybe that was just a, you know, it, it, flukes happen, but I think overall, like, I wasn't overly impressed with his game, which, like, uh, you know, the holding penalty, of course, like we mentioned, there were a ton of penalties, um, and, and there's a holding, quote-unquote, on every single play. You get called on that, but I just thought Tyron looked a little iffy, too, and when you have Tyron looking like that, and then you have, you know, rotating chairs right next to him, that's just, you're just, it's just not, I mean, other than Zach Martin, like, yeah, you basically were rotating. Tyler Biadish wasn't perfect either, so I think uh, I think that that was concerning to me too, just the way Tyron looked. Yeah, no, I think all of it combines into one big one big thing, and there were plenty of throws that Dak had guys in his face and things like that, where you kind of go, okay, well, that would have uh, you know been helpful. We've got offensive line problems up front, dominated up front again for most of the game, and maybe not as bad. Maybe dominated is probably not the right, but beat up front. And and I would say handily beat up front. Um, oh, hold on, hold on. I I just got flagged. Hold on. Okay, ten yards. Okay, we'll mark that off. Okay, walk we'll it off. Again. Oh my God, these refs won't go away. Hockley's son, you know it's him. Okay, so another thing that I, I did think the offense adjusted well to learning last night that CD Lamb was not going to be playing. You saw Noah Brown contribute like he had all year and Cedric Wilson like he had all year up until last week. That does tell you that last week is a, an anomaly. I don't know about you guys. I, I, I'm I not being – it's not like a free pass type thing, but there's no jumping off the ship. And I know Dak made a comment about jumping off the ship or something like that or a lot of people jumping off the bandwagon. To me, you're so close to getting so many guys back, including your number one and two wide receiver and number one and number two. Well, I can't say number one and number two. I'll say number one and number two defensive end. I won't say pass rusher because Michael Parsons may be that right now. But you're so close to getting all these guys back. Let's see how they respond Thursday night 
against the Saints. Yeah. I, I feel like that's where it all kind of changes. Yeah, I think so too. But also, like you know, for even if you're down CD and Amari, I, I just think that there's still enough talent on this on this offense to still look better than they maybe not, like you know 33 points is is good here but just in general we're talking about this like three game three game kind of uh you know skid or whatever they've been on uh, i i think tony pollard should just be a bigger part of the offense no matter what like i mean you know especially yeah. if zeke isn't right like tony pollard should be a bigger part of the offense there so um you know i i think there's still some you know aside from those two guys being out i still think there's some room for improvement but um uh, but of course yeah those guys getting healthy is going to help but again just because they get healthy doesn't mean we've seen Amari have like basically chronic health issues um and you don't know when that's going to pop up it could pop up in mid-January you have to be able to adjust on the fly but <laughs> I, I do think that you know yesterday seeing what John was reporting and everything out of the locker room it just seemed like they were so intent on CD playing that it just kind of caught them all off guard when he didn't John can I say this before you start here I, yeah, it's possible because we talked about this with Tyron before. Tyron's not a six or well seventeen game guy anymore, right? He's just not. I. It's not crazy to think that Zeke's a ten game guy now, right? I mean, that's not insane to think. I know it's not what you signed up for when you signed him, but I don't think it's maybe not a ten game guy, KT, but maybe a goal line guy. Well, at least I can say Zeke is not a seventeen game guy anymore, right? Yeah. I mean, that, that's I don't know possible. What, I, don't know, I don't know what run, running backs are anymore, though. Yeah. That's why you should never sign them, I guess. <laughs> no, and, I, and I'm sure that they won't, but you also need to have multiple running backs, and, and that's what they think that they have, you know, with Pollard, too. But, yeah. Zeke's really important in the pass protection game, though, too. I want to emphasize that. So he'll probably be out there a lot solely because of his ability to pick up blockers. But go ahead. No, for sure, for sure. It just We're so used to watching a Cowboys team that has, you know, a really good offensive line and a good running game that uh, – when things start kind of go, getting off track, you kind of would get back to the running game, get back to, you know, going behind this offensive line. And you watch this, this team this year, and, and you just don't get that feeling at all that that's the, how the ship is going to be righted. And so, yeah, you're, you know, that's just the way it is. Like, I know a lot of people, you know, look at certain teams and they're just like, they want their quarterback that is a franchise quarterback to just carry them when all these guys are missing. And, and there are certainly throws here today, just like there were in Kansas City, that Dak missed that. He really, he just can't miss. I mean, he just, he just can't. And obviously the Noah Brown throw uh, on third down in overtime was a killer. That's one that he obviously wants to have back. Uh, he's got to hit him on that and keep the chains moving. And it, and it didn't happen there. Uh, but at the same time, the Gallup throw like, in the end zone. Right. Yeah. That right? was big too. That was a four point, you know, four point play right there. I mean, is there anybody outside of Micah Parsons that's without blame though? You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just like, you can put you can point in a lot of different areas when you look at the way things are going. Now, I will say, you go to New Orleans and you win, that covers up a lot of issues. And all of a sudden, you know, you get going in, in the right direction. I just there's a little bit of this team that just seems like they're pressing right now. That you know they're kind of struggling. They're trying to get it back to where they need to go. And the only thing I'll say is that if they get these guys back healthy and and, and they stay healthy, because as Saad points out, you never know with Tyron or. Amari or Zeke or any of these guys, but if they're able able to stay healthy, you know, last year's Bucks team is a good blueprint for them. You know, I mean, they were seven and five, and then all of a sudden they just got hot at the right time at, at the back end of the season, and then they and they just started rolling, and they didn't look back, and obviously went on to win the Super Bowl. This team has the potential to do that if all those guys are healthy. What worries you is what you've seen these last couple of weeks is that 
Yeah, but if they don't have those guys, they're not going very far in the postseason. No, no, I think that I think that makes a lot of sense. I guess why when I think about that, I think what you said about Micah Parsons, like, is anyone without a little bit of blame? Um, but I, I, I do worry about uh, units and the fact that the offensive line is not a stable unit right now. Really bothers me probably more than anything else on the team. And I know we can maybe have. I mean, to me, Anthony Brown outside of Week One, to me, Anthony Brown's been pretty good until today. And yeah, it doesn't look good when Hunter Renfro torches you for eight catches for 134 yards. Uh, it doesn't look good when Deshaun Jackson is still in the year 2021 giving you hell at AT&T Stadium. Gosh. And they don't have Waller in the second half. That doesn't look good. And I understand all of that, but I'm far less concerned about their coverage than I am what the hell's going on on the offensive line, to be honest with you, because in the end... This team is supposed to beat you with their offense, and that hasn't changed yet, and it won't change until you get more good defensive players. And I just, I kind of go, okay, uh, well, the offensive line uncertainty that involves one guy who you've given a big contract to in Lyle Collins, that that really bothers me and and is more problematic to me than what's going on in coverage, yeah. at least at least for now. Yeah, no, I agree with that, KT, uh, completely. And the reason why is because all the solutions are already there. Like, you know, yeah. you're, you're waiting for Demarcus Lawrence and Randy Gregory to come back. You're waiting for Amari and CD to come back. You might be waiting for Zeke to get healthy. All the guys are there. Like, the offensive line, everyone's there. This is not like week two where you're saying, oh, if you're struggling, Lyle will come back in a couple of weeks or something everyone's there and it's still kind of not working. So I, I agree. That's the biggest concern for me too. Here, Hey, let me be Jerry Jones for a second and give you guys one quick positive. You know, I feel like Jerry always does that on the radio. Whenever anything's going real bad, he always finds a way to give a positive. I don't know about with you guys, but like Tristan Hill kind of caught my eye today. Like I thought he was yeah. actually playing like pretty well. And then the fact that you get Neville Gallimore back too, like with Gregory and Lawrence and what Mike has been doing, like the front of this defense could be, a lot better than what I certainly was expecting coming into this season, but even better than what I thought it could be before DeMarcus Lawrence got hurt. Like there's just, there's some nice pieces up there. Just, it's crazy to think that this team could potentially turn into a team that is like a top 10 defense. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone. Luckily with 24 seven us based live customer service from discover. Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep. You heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! 
Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Yeah, man. I, we, Amari being there and CeeDee Lamb being there covers up a lot. I guess my issue is like, even if they played well today, they played their cards and showed you that, well, we're going to run these guys in here on the third series. I mean, they just basically told you we don't have confidence in what we're doing on the offensive line right now. And that, to me, is strange. Um, I think, you know, it's kind of coming out in the postgame, and John, you probably have this too. Zach Martin had commented and basically said that Lyle and Connor Williams had earned the right to come in and get some snaps in the third series of the game. Like, dude, like even if what if Terrence Steele and Connor McGovern played well. What is going like, on? What, so uh, I don't know. Excuse me? Is this a Philbin yeah. thing? Like what? I mean, what, hey, what, put hey, this on? Hey, the week after the, uh, when Dak gets back, they're like, Dak, uh, you know, you're obviously our guy. 40 million a year. Cooper played really good against Minnesota. So we're going to let Cooper come in and he's going to get the third series. Okay. Everything will get you, you get back in after that. Like, I just don't get the musical chairs in the offensive line. It just, uh, I, whatever, man. I don't, well, I don't know. Dude, I just, whatever. And it's also, it's not fantasy football, John. I, I mean, understand. that's the, that's the problem. It's the freaking inconsistency. And it's not about what they tell us that that doesn't have anything to do with it. It, it has to do with going out and being consistent, like good football teams. And that's the problem with this damn organization for two and a half decades is, will you guys consistently go make the playoffs? Like consistently, can we take you seriously? And here we are again, just kind of waffling. Obviously, they're good. Obviously, they're going to make the playoffs. I think it's pretty obvious they're going to win the division. And we can discuss that next Thursday after the Saints game. And if something bad happens, then maybe we'll have a more serious talk about that. But like, I I, I don't want to hear stuff like, and I just know McCarthy had comments about the refs and all that stuff. And I'm like, dude, get your stuff in order in-house. Let's maybe handle that first. I got big, big issues with that because I think he just wants to be Zach Martin's got... I think Mike Mike just wants to be really careful about not criticizing the team right now. I I, I think he I yeah, I, I, get I just it. get I get the sense that that's so it's like hey if I can put the blame on the refs and not not blame the team and, and not get them starting to you know get their confidence wavered I just get the sense that that's what he's trying to do you know but I could be wrong and that's not a bad play by him because if things are a little uh, rocky you know through everything, whether it's Amari Cooper getting vaccinated, although I don't feel like that's a, a big issue in-house, but maybe it is. Maybe some guys are talking about it, but I doubt it. I don't feel like that's a big issue in-house. I think they're like, okay, we'll get him back, you know, and we'll go win games. That's what I think is going to happen. I think I, we all believe in Dak's abilities to lead and all that stuff, right? But like, man, I, and Zach Martin's a guy who doesn't talk to the media a lot, you know, and he's a guy who I know doesn't love talking to the media. Like he is a just go do business guy, you know, let's just go to work. But for him to say that like Lyle Collins and Connor Williams have suddenly earned enough snaps to come in in the third series of the game. And dude, I, we gave Joe Philbin a lot of credit for helping develop Terrence Steele and all that stuff. And I just find myself going, hey, it's week 13. And this is when good teams get it in order. 
They've got it in order and they're ready to go and it's time to make a run. And you're still not and, great at center either. That's the other one, you know, yeah, there's, still boy, snaps about that. All, there's still snaps all over the place, you know, <laughs> yeah. they, they've, been, they've been pretty fortunate that that hasn't come back in any of these games. I shouldn't say fortunate. I mean, they're seven and four, but I'm surprised that none of those have come to bite them yet. I mean, there's just a lot of inconsistency from one through five on that, on that offensive line for sure. I think the biggest thing though, what I took away from this game and really the Kansas city game too, is just the fact of, I know if this team is all healthy, like what they can do, but they've just shown you that what if they lose this guy? What if they lose that guy? Like if they lose key players, it's over. Well, they're also a team who may not lose a game in December. Like you look at everything that happens and you look at that schedule and who knows what that Cardinal, that Cardinals game feels like it's going to carry some weight in week 16, which it kind of always did. And maybe they just start rolling and maybe it's just more of a mental block that the whole three games in 12 days and, just kind of tired and beat up and just kind of get through it. And then maybe you kind of get a long week and then maybe you kind of turn it on. But in the immediate post game, you kind of go, man, this thing looked like a pretty clean house. And then all of a sudden it's like a toddler came in and started throwing toys everywhere and you got to pick up the house, you know, <laughs> it's like, okay, well, our left guard yeah. uh, situations over there. It's uh, can we put the Paw Patrol thing back in the, the bin? Can you tell I'm at a family Thanksgiving? Um, hey. It happens. It happens, man. I just, I don't have a very like high level of, not, not respect, but just, I don't really think that much of where the Raiders are right now. Like if it was the Raiders going into the season, that'd be one thing, but like the team that rolled out here today and, yeah. and you, and you just take in how they've been playing recently and all the issues Broncos. that they've had as an organization. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, the Broncos, the Broncos were as stunned as anyone that they, that they came in there and, and did that <laughs> yeah. to the Cowboys. So that, that's my, it's the quality of the losses. Ones. Yeah. There are such thing <laughs> as quality losses and these have not been quality losses. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, also your kicker needs to, uh, well, the extra point, he obviously gets a free pass on the 59 yard field goal attempt. Very hindsight I love, to I go. The, what? I love the cameras. I love the. I love the cameras cutting to McCarthy's like look of like shock that he missed the fifty nine yarder. <laughs> Mike, what did you think was going to happen? Yeah, ballsy move there. I don't know what the percentage would be, um, but you know they seem kick every day. Maybe they th- think it's pretty consistent from sixty. I mean, he, had just, the, he had the distance and he hit the post. It's just you know that well, is still not. Crazy. You know. No, absolutely. And those types of things are very hindsight. I, I get all that stuff, but you still had an overtime game and you missed an extra point. And there are little things like that that you can talk about, or at least yeah. at least cross-reference. The other thing I say, the uh, we've talked about this a little bit. I was like, the defense was playing with confidence and physically and hitting, and you're seeing less of that. Um, and you're seeing less of it. And I always thought like some of that was kind of like, I don't know, I'm not huge on momentum. But like a little bit of like, hey, the offense is rolling and now the defense is fired up and we want to go get the offense the ball back and boom, boom, boom. And I feel like that defensive confidence is down a little bit outside of Micah Parsons. Again, get Randy Gregory back. Get, uh, you know, Tank back. All that stuff. But are y'all kind of feeling that too? Like there's not a ton of confidence that they're going to go and get stops when they need to get stops because they had a, uh, opportunities, you know, to get the ball back a couple times and they just couldn't do it. And they kind of allowed, you know, uh, uh, Las Vegas to go and extend the lead. Yeah, I guess I don't have a ton. I mean, if this is the team that they have going forward, yeah, I have a lot of concerns. I just think that everything's sped up if you add in a Demarcus Lawrence and then you add in a Randy Gregory on top of that. Like there were just too many times early in this game where Carr was just standing back there 
and just kind of surveying the field. Let's just see what's out there right now. And there really wasn't much pass rush, which should be expected because really the only, you know, legitimate uh, edge rusher you had in there was Micah Parsons, but even he wasn't getting home early. And so you add in one of those guys, everything speeds up. Uh, quarterback's pocket isn't as clean. He's not going to make as smooth of throws. His reads aren't going to be the same. Like it just changes so, so much when you have a good pass rush coming at him. And they just don't have that right now, you know? But, and let me just say this too. For what I'm saying, and I, and I think that you guys would agree with everything you guys said, even if they like won this game, like in overtime on a field goal or something, I don't know that what we'd be talking about would be a lot different. You know, yeah, it's a win. So you'd be feeling yeah. a little bit more positive about it. But there was just a lot of warts in this game that you were just kind of like, yeah, this isn't good. Yep. That's not great. Yep. This will get you beat in the playoffs. So, you know, they're hanging a lot on the whole Randy, Demarcus, Amari uh, CD get yeah. back, but they need to get back and they need to stay healthy. They need this group to stay healthy for several weeks so they can build momentum. Like I said, with that, the way that that Bucks team did last year. Well, yeah, and it's the same way that the Rams are hanging a lot on Aaron Donald or Jalen Ramsey not getting hurt. You know, like they're like all these teams who are contenders, they're hanging a lot on that type of stuff. I think uh, you look at the loss. To go to seven and four sets you back a little bit. Obviously, the Cardinals have two losses. The Packers and Rams play this week, so you'll get one of those teams dropping to four losses unless there's a tie. You know, in my head, when that overtime started, I was thinking, I was like, man, a tie is not the worst thing. A tie is a quasi-win <laughs> because you'd be avoiding that fourth loss, which could be the deciding factor in getting the number one. But obviously, you know, things didn't go well in overtime there. But, uh, Mo, that was pretty wild ending, too, as we're – rushing off the edge and I, I did love CJ Goodwin trying to time the jump. I mean you might as well, right? And all the while you're making Daniel Carlson the, the Raiders kicker think about it. But that was one of the more unique endings to a to a game as well with all the flags and it was a fitting ending, I guess I would say as well. Yeah. I don't know, man. I just it's disappointing because I was thinking last week I was gonna see a more entertaining game. And then this week, I thought, okay, you know, it's a marquee TV game. Everyone's going to be watching. This is going to be pretty pretty entertaining. I think, the, if anything, the, the, the refs will eat their flags, and they'll kind of, like, let guys play. I mean, yeah. that's the thing. How many times after games do you just hear player after player complain, like, it was just too physical out there. There was just a lot <laughs> of grabbing. I really didn't like that. Like, let the guys play, you know, and, and, and that didn't happen. So it's, like, it's just discouraging because these last two weeks, they – you kind of went into them with like high hopes. You're going to see something really entertaining and you, you saw a couple of duds and you know, it's, it's weird. And if they get back rolling again and everything gets back on track and they end up getting one of the top seeds in the playoffs, maybe we look back at this and go, what the hell was going on with the Cowboys against the AFC West? You know, I mean, it is just, that is their kryptonite it is so it's so bizarre. Yeah. But, Real quick, John, I, I do want to ask you one thing just because I know there was some confusion for people watching from home. That Keanu Neal play at the beginning, so the ref came out and said the ruling on the field was an incomplete pass. Is my underst- it, I get the understanding that in reality the ruling on the field was a fumble, they reviewed it, and then it was an incomplete pass, or was the ruling an incomplete pass and could McCarthy have challenged? So... From what I gather, and I could be wrong in this, I thought what happened is that um, one of the officials ruled that it was a catch and another ruled that it, was, it wasn't. it was And I thought that they got together and then that's what they determined, that it wasn't a catch because, well, it wasn't a catch because he didn't have it long enough in his hands. Yeah. And so I thought that McCarthy could challenge it. 
obviously he didn't for, you know, he probably had a good reason for it. I don't, I wasn't at the beginning of his press conference because we were talking to Jerry. Um, but it also could have been one of those things where he just was like, I'm not wasting the he challenge. He was not going to win the challenge because I'll never win it. Yeah. Cause if, Cause if that's the call, it's going to be so hard to overturn it. But, There's just not going to be enough there to overturn it. Another sign though of bad officiating, because what you do there is you go with the benefit of doubt. You call it a right. fumble. So it's an automatic review. I mean, it's just dumb. This happens all the time. You let the play happen every freaking time. If it's a turnover, you let the play happen because it will be automatically reviewed and it will be correct. But because it's terrible. It was, it was terrible. Uh, And I'll never know when hockey, hockey. Yeah, go ahead. Let let me just say this. So I've, you know, I've talked to several NFL coaches. I've heard from several NFL coaches over the last decade, whatever, covering this league. Um, their biggest gripe with the officials, and this is, seems to be across the board, is that this league is such a big money league, and it has so much attention to it, and, it, and, and this pie just continues to grow and grow and grow, and the support becomes bigger and bigger, and the audiences and the attention and the dollars just keeps increasing, and everybody's putting more time in, whether it's your, your head coaches, your assistant coaches, your players, the way these guys prepare in the offseason now, the players, like, you know, everything is just heightened, but from the way I gather yeah. it, the way they officiate and the way they get together in the off season is not like that at all. Uh, there's so many things that the coaches want the officials to go off over and things like that. Cause you know, officiating isn't their full-time job for a lot of these officials. They also have other jobs and things like that. Sure. And I think the biggest issue that a lot of coaches have across the board is that, you know, this is such a big business. Like, why don't we have the officials put in the same amount of time and the same amount of focus that everybody else is on all these other areas of the game? Because what you're doing has such a big impact every single week. And I, and I just get the sense that across the board, coaches are frustrated by that. Yeah, it's terrible and it needs to be fixed. It needs, they need to be full-time. They need to be compensated full-time. Right. And that would allow, also allow the league to be a little more harder on them too. Um, real quick, I got two more things we're going to get to, and then we're going to get out of here, all right, and let you uh, get to writing and all that good stuff. Uh, how was Jerry, tone-wise, anything that jumped out of you uh, that it, that he said? Uh, this was the most uh, classic Jerry after a game this season. Uh, there's Most of the time, Sam, after a game, he's been really, uh, you know, not, not your typical Jerry. He's keeping, you know, stuff close to the vest, not really saying anything too headline-worthy like you, you would expect out of Jerry after wins or losses. And he's been pretty reserved, but today he came out right off the bat and was just talking about how frustrated he was with the way, how, how the game was officiated saying that, you know, we went in this game, our game plan, we knew was that there was going to be a lot of flags thrown. Um, but he didn't think it was going to get to the level that basically this did. And I just thought that was interesting because he was saying that before he was even asked the question, you know, and, uh, I think that that the frustration towards the officials, that's the most I've seen him be frustrated about anything this year, but then he went right back into the Jerry that you've heard on the radio and after games all season talking about some of the same stuff I've said, just about he's not discouraged because he knows how good that they can be when they get back to RECD, uh, Randy and Neville and DeMarcus. So, uh, you know, that's Jerry being the eternal optimist about things, but, uh, I would say he was a little bit more frustrated after this game than he has been at any other point. And maybe, you know, it could be also because they didn't take more deep shots, you know, and, and knowing that they were going to officiate this game this way because he was, you know, basically taking his hat off to Derek Carr for doing that because those plays were getting called. Kind of almost seemed like Jerry was thinking that he wishes the Cowboys would have done more of that. Maybe he was frustrated at the team, but he was going to do this and vent this way 
uh, because he clearly was, he was clearly frustrated after the game was over more so than I've seen him after any other game this year. Was the uh, Luke Combs um, performance as electric in the stadium as it was for us at home watching? You know, that's the thing about when you're at like Minnesota, see what other ones, there's not many of them, but there's a few that are open air press boxes. New Orleans is one other one. You can really get the sense for that type of stuff. But here at AT AT&T stadium, like you have, you know, the glass in front, like you can hear some of it and things like that, but it's not like the real feel of being at a concert, you know? So, uh, I can't really make a big, you know, I'm not a huge country music fan, but I can't really say whether I thought the performance was great. Okay. Or bad. I just, it it was hard to really hear much. I, I, the one thing that kind of stood out to me was that the set was rolled out there and there was just all this downtime before he actually started performing. And you're just kind of like, there's such a limited time during an NFL halftime, even though this one was extended and you're just kind of like, probably should get the show on the road, but I know they weren't because it's all about TV and having the whole yeah. show be on TV. But like, they didn't start, he didn't start his first song until like all the special teams guys were already back out on the field. So wow. basically he's in his second or third song and you got, you know, Zerline and anger and McQuaid standing there with the long snapper punter and kicker from the Raiders kind of just watching the show go on. Cause they, they really can't do much. The sets in the middle of the, uh, the, in the middle of the field. So I felt like he probably could have got two or three more songs and if they would have started it right away. But, uh, you know, like I said, it's just like the Super Bowl halftime show. It's all made for TV. Like whatever looks yeah. good on TV. They're cool with that. They, uh, yeah. They had to do the, uh, CBS halftime before that. I'm sure. So, yeah, no, they did. Yeah, they did that for sure. Well, uh, any closing thoughts? Uh, Saad, we'll start with you. No, I think uh, I think we've pretty much covered it all. How do you think uh, Romo called the game? I thought Romo said some crazy stuff, but also I, I think Romo's gotten worse. <laughs> yeah, I guess is what I'm sure. saying. He's gotten, sure. worse. He's still, gotten so comfortable that it's just wacky now. He's it's just wacky. wacky guy. And, dude, he was so ready still to good. go I still enjoy him. I still enjoy him a lot, but he's just very wacky now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just making but, so many jokes. He, Annexation he so of Puerto ready. Rico and things like that. I mean, it's, it's hilarious. Go ahead. He, he he was just so ready to go home. Like at the end of it, like he's saying that the Cowboys should go for it on their own ten. And like I heard and that. Then, <laughs> and then and then like Nance is trying to end the broadcast after the game ended, and he's just like, "Well, it was nice working with you." And Nance is like, "Yeah, I know you got a feast to get to. Uh, all right, bye." And like the broadcast just ended. Like he, yeah, was he just probably so had dumb. caterers booked for like 9 p.m. and he had to get a catch his <laughs> trying to get uh, home by eight. Yeah, catch just, his uh, at, police escort out of that place. It's just so crazy because he's getting a million dollars a game. Yeah. yeah. Well, the thing is, so the third and five thing. Yeah, I, I was watching together with my brother. The third and five overtime, get the ball, and it actually kind of made sense before Bryce Anger drilled like a 90 yard punt. But he's like, I'm gonna get ahead of it, Jim. Uh, if you don't get it on third down, you go ahead and go for it. I don't know why you would punt it back to him right here if you're inside your 10. I heard that. That and was I, wild. And I was kind of like, dude, that is a ballsy and controversial move. But what if it was fourth and one on your own 10? You you might, maybe you do go. Like, uh, I don't even know. But it was like interesting to think about. I still look forward to a Romo game because you kind of never know what you're going to get. It's a roller coaster. I'll it's just this, become less. It's, it's become less insightful than maybe it was two years ago. Today is absolutely silliness, foolishness. There's no way you should even speak that into the ether. Uh, but if we're talking prime time, and he and he's and he's killing it, uh, Aaron Rodgers, and, or or Patrick Mahomes, or somebody like that, or a Tom Brady, 
and this is like in a playoff game and you just know if you give the ball back and all they got to do is get in field goal range, maybe then, but like Derek Carr and the Raiders, I'm sorry. Like I'm punting it there. I'm, I'm not, there's just no way. I'm Dude, with they, you. They, they, yeah, they all, I mean, even after they punted it, regardless of where that was, they had like a third and whatever. I mean, it was that, it was that, uh, it, they got, after they got the sack, right? And I mean, that, and then the Anthony Brown penalty happened, but they really almost got them to punt anyways. So, yeah. Absolutely. It looked bad. You know, it looked like they were about to get the ball back. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, I th- we'll, we'll obviously get, uh, talk early next week. We'll uh, get you ready for the Saints game. Hopefully, we'll get CeeDee Lamb back and Amari Cooper back, and we'll see what the status is on Demarcus Lawrence and some of the other guys. And uh, right now, as we record this, I know most people will be listening to this on Friday morning, but as we record this, the Saints are losing to Buffalo 24 to nothing, just getting destroyed. They may have a quarterback controversy going on right now. As they just gave Taysom Hill that contract, and Simeon's kind of – you know, we know what he is. I don't think Sean Sean Payton is going to ride that out much longer. What kind so. of dirt does Taysom Hill have on Sean Payton and the rest of the Saints? Dude, like, what's going on? <laughs> it's. I feel like Ruth from Ozark did, no. like did that contract. Like they're laundering money if between well, forty and ninety five million dollars. What if? What if to KT's point right there? You know how? What if Sean Payton doesn't have that much longer in New Orleans? Like maybe he wants to move on, or maybe he wants yeah. to step away. Maybe he's trying to hook up his guy. Well, I thought that I, th- I thought there might be language in the in the contract that says Taysom Hill can get out of it if Sean Payton's not the head coach. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Who knows that with that how how all that works? But I thought that was a very unique contract. We'll talk about that when we get ready for yeah. the Saints. Um, well, for our producer Kent Garrison, for Saad Youssef on that Dallas Stars beat as well. Make sure you're following his work. Make sure you continue to follow Father John Mashoda, who is live at AT and T Stadium, sacrificing his Thanksgiving Day working. <laughs> working covering these referees um don't forget about that black friday deal dollar a month yes dollar yeah dollar a month um make sure you go to the athletic.com if you're not a subscriber it's a great deal and take advantage of that black friday deal for uh everyone i'm kt we'll talk to you next week get you ready for the saints we love you next time we'll talk to you on about them cowboys weird ending happy thanksgiving Just the tip there, Jim. Yeah, it wasn't enough.